Welcome to the Everyday Lions Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Lyons. Tonight, I just came back from Pride Interval Training. Uh, the runners had three times 10 minutes on a two to three minutes break. It was a terrible night. It was wet and windy and it was bloody freezing. And the guys trained really well. They did a specific session over 10 and half marathon distances and yeah, just awesome. It was so cold, so well done guys. And especially for those ones who turned up, a uh, fantastic session to bank. Also, Everyday Lions has visors for only $25. These come in black and white colours. If you'd like to purchase one of these, you can do so by going to www.everydaylions.org and you can check those out. Also, the Lions Pride had a few runners who had some awesome results over the weekend. So in the local Peachable CT race, we had Narelle Jacobs who was second place overall and then Catherine Bell who followed her quite closely in fourth place. Also, Anne Thomas ran a 10K PB and Darlene Jarks continued her good form and run a PB over five kilometers. If you'd like to join my group training, it is on Monday and Thursday at 5.30 and it's at all different locations in Devonport. And some more news, Everyday Lions will be starting Pride Interval Training in Olveston, which will be on the 15th of this month and that will be at quarter to six, and that will also be in all different locations. Anyone who is signed up to the Olveston training or Devonport training can train on all three nights, and it's only $10 a week, $40 a month. So check it out at www.everydaylines.org. I would love to see you there. Also, my prac is still continuing this week. I'm still learning heaps, I'm loving it. Um, I'm really lucky that I've got a great group of people who are showing me the ropes and I'm learning so much. At, on Wednesday we had um, a Aboriginal Literacy Week event and we had a few pollies come along and that was really good. And yeah, I, I just can't wait to finish off my diploma and I'm not far away from finishing that. Uh, also, don't forget about Ross Running Festival. There is 10 kilometer, 21 kilometer, and 42 kilometer weeks, weeks, I should say runs. So if you'd like to have a run in a race, there's not many races going on at the moment, please check out that, and I'm sure the Ross community would love to see you there. Okay, to this week's guest. This week's guest is Shane Hansen. I've known Shane for a lot of years. I first met Shane at the local cross country club here on the coast. He's such a good guy. He's a funny bloke. I really enjoyed this podcast. Um, goes for a little bit over an hour, and we talk about some of uh, the running events that he's competed in. Shane loves to run long distances, and when I say long distances, I just don't mean 42 kilometers. I mean, we're talking 100K plus events. Uh, he's, yeah, crazy man running that far. He just likes to run all day. And we cover these events, we talk about a special event to him and his family. If you did enjoy this podcast, please reach out to Shane Hansen. I know Shane would enjoy that greatly. I have been your host, Brian Lyons. This is the Everyday Lyons podcast, and here's Shane.
Welcome to the Everyday Lions podcast. I'm your host, Brian Lyons. Today's guest is Shane Hansen. Shane is from Burnie and he loves to, lo- loves to run really long distances. Uh, he's run several hundred runs of the PCCT Cross Country Club over the years. Uh, my fondest memory of Shane is probably spending the day with him after Melbourne Marathon and we were negotiating all the steps that Melbourne offers. So that was, uh, that, that was a pretty rough day, to be honest. Um, he's a great person. I always enjoy the conversations we've had over the years. Welcome to the show, Shane. Thank you, Brian. And I do remember Melvin. And <laughs> I didn't have any trouble with the steps. <laughs> well, I did, mate. <laughs> I, I, I think it was my first marathon, mate. So I think I was in a world of hurt. <laughs> I don't think you were walking backwards, was you? No, no. I'll tell you what, I enjoyed the lift, so. Yeah. <laughs> As your morning, just, mate? It was pretty random because there was this guy sitting on a block. Yeah. <laughs> in Melbourne, I can't remember the exact location. I thought, geez, I know him. <laughs> just a random guy sitting in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. Oh, mate, I was trying to fill a day in. So it was nice to see someone I knew. And it was a good day. We went and had lunch and... Yeah. And um, someone else had just run a marathon that day too. Um, I'm trying to remember back. Lisa Whiteman's husband, maybe? I think we had lunch with him. Yeah, and he was talking to... um, Michael Shelley? Yeah, it was. It was. He just ran in America somewhere. Yeah, Chicago was on the same weekend. And I think he was consoling him because he had a bit of a shocker. So... (laughs) Yeah. It was a good day. It was a good day. <laughs> How's your morning been? Yeah, good. I've gone and made pancakes for my wife and good, she's good. all happy and yeah, it's been great. Good. Did you get out for a run yet or is that going to happen uh, later It's afternoon. Yeah, cool. How far? 20 probably. Yeah. Good. Is that your usual Sunday run? No, I'm just probably building up. Yeah. Uh, I'm supposed to be doing 100 miles a week, but I'm only at 100, so. <laughs> That's still so a lot, mate. If I make the long runs of the Sunday a bit longer, yeah, I should get there pretty easily. Easily, yeah. Cool. So how did you get into the running? Um, I probably didn't have a choice with Dad running with the cross-country club. Um. We used to travel up from Smithton to the coast every Sunday morning. And uh, Dad used to run with the Cross Country Club and that's how it all started, I reckon. Yeah, cool. And did you like it from the go? Loved, yeah, yeah, loved it. I didn't run much, but um, yeah, I used to love being around it and that kind of thing. It was a great... Oh, it was just a great time, I think. Yeah. And how many runs have you run with the Cross Country Club? Me? Um, I don't know. I reckon I've done a couple hundred. Yeah. Yeah. So, a lot. Yeah. It probably is. Yeah. <laughs> you, no, that's you great. You a life. <laughs> and you mentioned you're trying to get to 100 mile at the moment. Uh, what, what races do you have coming up? And... What does your typical training week look like now? Um, I've got, actually got my training plan in front of me because John Maguire doesn't 
Right. Uh, it doesn't for Moon Sandy, and we work off the same training schedule. Um, the only thing at the top is Sandy does 100 k's a week, or hopefully gets to 100 k's, and I have 100 mile. Yeah. And I think you just, you know, it's something to aim for. But I mean, normal weeks, uh, I've got it written down here, and usually Tuesdays and Thursdays are a long midweek run, and then Mondays we do some speed work. Mondays and Fridays. Yeah, hundred hundred meter run throughs, and we do some. We've got hills at the moment of a Wednesday and a Saturday. Yeah, <laughs> which I didn't do Saturday. I only did part of it. Um, Just six hundred <laughs> meter hills. Oh yeah, um, do you enjoy five of them? Do you like the hills or no? Not really. No. Nah. So, you know, um, but basically it's it's pretty much the same program and just John keeps adjusting it and putting horrible things in. Yeah, yeah. He does that though, doesn't he? That's he what does, he does. With, with a smile on his face. Yeah. <laughs> oh, great. And have you been under long have you been under John John Long or? Um for a while, on and off over the years. You know, when I struggle, I go and run into John at the supermarket or something like that. And he just says, come down, son. And um, so, yeah, it's been on and off for, I don't know, probably eight years, maybe. Yeah. I was trying to remember back the other day because we had Brody, Brody Overton ran with John for a few years. And that's how I ended up running with John. Yeah, he's such a lovely guy though. Like I always speak to him, and he he's so wise. Like he's yep. he just like he sort of gets you listening, doesn't he? Yep. You know he's been around a long time, and and he's still with it. You know he's still. You know, I don't know. He's he's as technology's moved on, he's moved on with it. Yeah. You know he's yeah. not stuck in the past or anything like that. So, which is great. Yeah. Yeah, and it is great. Yeah. No, I love going down to West Park. Especially on the coast, like we're so lucky to have people that are passionate and love the sport like he does. Yeah, and there's so many of them. We've got a good group of trainers kicking around at the moment. Yeah, yeah, which and is great. It's fantastic, and they're along the coast. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And it, I, I, I always say success breeds success, so if people see what's happening and they, oh, do I want to be as good as them? They sort of, well, what do I have to do to do that? And if people see it, they want to join in, don't they? Yep. And I was surprised with John, how many people he trains, how many different people he's trained over the years. You know, I just presumed he just trained runners, but no, he's trained hockey players, soccer players, basketballers. Yeah. I mean, and do that summer season with John, and then they go back to their sport again. And they'd be better, better athletes for it too. And, you know, instead of dying the later end of the season, they'd have that fitness to kick yep. on. Yep. Yeah, yep. which is great. And yep. you would have known John when your, your dad was running as well. So you'd known him for 40, 
40 years probably, wouldn't you? Yeah, I can remember John. He was always smiling and happy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he used to run in footy shorts back in the day. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's just something that I remember, but I don't know. You know, I was only yeah. a kid back then. <laughs> I oh, great. I was. <laughs> 10 or 12 when I first met him. Yeah, yeah. Oh, time flies, though, doesn't it? I, yep. I've been with the cross country club nearly 20 odd years. I, it oh, seems like yeah. yesterday, but it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's a great club. It is. <laughs> please, please join because they're, they're shouting for members and it's, you and I know how good it is, don't we? Yep, yep. And now it's a great atmosphere. If you want to race yourself or race other people, it's perfect for it. Yeah, it is. I missed, I've missed that over the winter because, you know, I don't do harder runs on my own. I wait till Sunday and do them then. Yeah. I don't know. It's just what I've always done, probably for the last ten years. Yeah, traditional Sunday long run. Yep. Yeah. Whereabouts do you normally go? Depends what I'm doing, what what it's about. Um, yeah. I usually get up in the trials a bit if we're going away and doing trial run. I usually go over to Penguin up to the Dial Range, and I have a a track there. I run up and down, but yeah. But as a rule, I, yeah, I can pop up anywhere. Yeah. I just yeah. move and I move around all over the place because I don't yeah. have a favourite spot, go-to spot like some people do. Yeah. Um, you know, I could pop up in Devonport and do a run along <laughs> there on a lovely day like today. And then tomorrow I could be down at Smifton. <laughs> But we'd love you in Devonport. That's God's country. It's better than Bernie. <laughs> <laughs> you probably have more runners at the moment. No, nah, we've got a pretty good culture at the moment. It's quite good. So, yeah. um, but it's growing on the northwest coast, especially. Like I can't help that park runners has, has helped that 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 community spirit, hasn't it? Yep. And there's so many people out running at the moment. I can't believe. Well, it is in Bernie. Yeah. Um, there's people running all the time. Now, I don't know whether that's because of COVID or what's going on, or is it because park runs not running? I but think there's people it's, out everywhere. Yeah. Um, I just hope that we don't end up where Victoria is because I don't know about you. I don't, I don't know how I'm going to handle that. No, not another lockdown. No, thank you. No, no. Fingers crossed, eh? Doesn't look yep. good at the moment. Yep. Yeah. And... What are some of the races that, that you've competed in over the years? Um, like I've done a couple hundred cross-country runs um, and I've done and I try to do all the state ones if that if it works in, you know, anything from Bruny Island, Run the Bridge, Lonnie 10, Endorphin Trail Runs. Yeah. Um, Locally, any local run, I tried to fit it in. Scottsdale, the bike, the run and ride at Scottsdale. Um, occasionally, I've run with the Launceston Running Club. Yeah. Slipped up of a Saturday and had a run with them. Um, and then I do a fit, I've done a few over the on the mainland. Yeah, great. Oh, I really like the um, Launceston Club Saturday model. 
because it enables you to be able to do the Sunday long run. Yep. Um, I just wish the Preachable CT would go down that end, but then they've got to compete with Park Run now, and it's just going to make it really hard. Yeah, but we get, when I've gone to Launceston to run, we go up Friday night, and I've got a ute, and we sleep in that. We get up in the morning and have breakfast, and then we go to Park Run in Launceston. Yeah, great. Do that, and then we go to the Launceston Running Club and run with them. Yeah, that's a really nice weekend, isn't it? And jump in the car, come home, and then on Sunday, run with the PCCCT. Three clubs, mate. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Easy peasy. Yeah, and that's the thing. If you love your running, that's a... That's a great option to think about because it, it starts so late, the LAC anyway. Yeah, about lunchtime. Yeah. You know, I so you've got time to do all. Yeah. But it's yeah. surviving. It's got more runners than Peachable CT, I think, at the moment. Yeah, but they have a lot of kids, I think. Yeah, okay. So, so if you put the numbers together, yeah, they have a lot of people. But I, I think the runs I've gone to, they've only had... 40 or 50 people, so yeah. it's not a huge um, club that I've seen. Yeah. yeah. But it's cool. You go on their site, my handicap's there. I know what I'm up against before, I even, before I've even ended. Yeah, and those are the Which little I, things that P C T can think about, isn't it? Um, yeah. Like the, the, uh, the pre-entering that you can do now, I think that's great because that was half the battle. You'd be running late and messaging yep. someone who was there. Someone. <laughs> Have you got $5? Can you handle me? That's it. I'll slip, I'll slip you back next week, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and especially for you guys, you know, some of them longer runs where you don't start a week after the, the first <laughs> person goes. It's, it's, hard. Uh, it, it's hard. Yeah. Um, and when I think of you and running events, I think of you running crazy distances. Did you want to tell the listeners a little bit about a few of these runs that you've done? Yeah. Um, my first one was Anzac Ultra in 2015. Um, you know, I'd done Bruni prior to that and, um, and that came up on the radar and they had three events. They had 150K, a 300K, and 450K. And, of course, I wanted to enter the 450K, but they wouldn't let me, which I'm glad they didn't. Um, And it was just a one-off event around Canberra, around the... I can't remember, the Centenary Trail, I think they call it, around Canberra. Lake Burley Griffin or something? Yeah, it's circumnavigates Canberra. So I think it's actually 150 k's long, oh. but they shortcut it into a 75 k laps. Okay. Um, and it was just one of them. And we we worked at aid stations in the first few days because I didn't run to the last two days, and um, worked at aid stations and did stuff like that and met so many wonderful people. It was the best event I'd ever been to. And we had a local runner, Velastic. Yeah, legend. He ran. <laughs> um, he completed the 450. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't know how old he was then, but 
he was a fair, he's, you know, he was in his, I don't know. Yeah. I'm not sure how old he was, but he was, you know. And uh, we spent a bit of time with them and we just met so many wonderful people. Yeah. It was a great event. And did you have a support too? Did you have Leanne helping you there? Yes. Yeah. She come and she wasn't much of a support because I remember running around on one of the laps and she just walked into the room. <laughs> and she was waiting at one of the checkpoints asleep in the car. Oh, no. <laughs> so, you know, she does all my sort of crew and stuff, but yeah, occasionally she mucks up. Yeah. Was it like a, a ridiculously early start because it was so far too? No, it was middle of the day. The sun was shining in the car. Oh, she yeah. thought I'd just sit here for a minute. Yeah, she fell asleep, but uh, that's what happened on that event. <laughs> um, so you touched on Flastic. Is he a role model of yours? People like that? Yeah, yeah. You know, I've gone and visited him over the years and chatted, especially leading up to the Anzac Ultra. Um, I went and saw him a few times and chatted, and he's got incredible, some incredible stories. Um, my biggest trouble going to visit him is getting out, getting back out <laughs> because they're so welcoming. And next thing you know, you've been there two hours yeah. and uh, you've got to go. Yeah. Well, I just remember that they had him at uh, the food race one year. I think it was like a guest speaker or something. He was talking about his um, outback run. Yep. And he was talking about... Um, someone that was sick and I thought he was talking about his wife the whole time, but it was his dog. <laughs> <laughs> but it was really interesting. Like you said, like he's, he's just amazing. He's done some great stuff even in Europe. Yeah. You know, he's done some races in Europe that, you know, and I can't remember some of the names of them, but you know, he could talk hours and hours and hours on some of the races that he's done. Yeah. Great. You know, whether it's the Birdful, Birdsville track? Simpson Desert Race, I think, you know, was a, the first Australian to finish the Simpson Desert Race. You know, yeah. so he's got some, there's some stuff there. Amazing. Yeah. And and you've done Gold Coast 100 as well, is that correct? Yeah. Um, I went up and did a 200 mile at Gold Coast. Yeah. It's at Narang, just 15 k's inland from the Gold Coast. Um, I've never finished it. Of all, the first year I got up to 180 k's. Is that all? The pin. <laughs> crazy, mate. Crazy. And the second year I went up and got up to 200 k's. And thinking, nah, I just can't seem to. It's and it's just a head game, you know. It's just in your head. It's all about the head. Once you get over 100 miles, anyone can run 100 miles. Because you can run a hundred miles in under thirty hours, so it's a, you know, yeah. twenty four hours and a bit. Everybody can do that, but once you go over that distance, it seems to be a different. It's a different game. Yeah, yeah, it's and a game I don't want to experience, but I'm sure you'd love it. <laughs> but but I have total respect for the people like you who do it because I know how how bloody hard that is and and what goes through your head at, at that time. Yeah, and some of these guys that run these events, you know, the, the guy that won the four, the 500K last year, you know, off seven weeks training. 
Yeah, wow. You know, he was fit, but, you know, he was gym fit, but did it off, you know, he never trained. It was just seven weeks. He did a seven-week block. Yeah. And most of it's just head stuff, I think. Once you, you know, it doesn't hurt, can't hurt anymore. You yeah. get to that stage and it just, you just they just keep trundling. And, and Maccas, Maccas, eat Maccas. Yeah, well, that's what, that was my next question. What does your fueling look like during a run like that? Are you are you eating potatoes and that sort of stuff? or Not me specifically, but when I was at Narang, there was a McDonald's like 10 k's <laughs> away. And every time most of these guys that were doing the 500k come in, they'd have bag loads of McDonald's and they'd sit there and eat that and drink and then they'd go out again. I was just couldn't believe it. Just it's just unbelievable. And I reckon the McDonald's uh, Narang, they they must have sold heaps of food that week. But <laughs> me specifically, I just use Tarwind, which is just a liquid, and you know, I have it in five hundred ml bottles, and I use one of them every hour, basically. Okay. So that's my go-to thing. And I only eat when I feel like I want something. Yeah. And but not Pacific stuff. Yeah. And how's your guts after that? Because I just know how my guts feels after 42K. Are you are you wrecked for a week later? or? Um, I remember when my first 100 mile, I, we went out after tea, went into Melbourne, ordered this all this food. <laughs> sat down. Oh, I probably had two mouthfuls of it and couldn't eat anymore. Oh no. So yeah, it, I've learnt since then that just because I feel like I want all that stuff, but I just can't eat it. Yeah. It takes me, like you said, a while for me stomach to get back to normal. And I yeah. eat lots. Yeah. I'm always eating. Yeah, <laughs> and and do you crave stuff after? Like sometimes we said you can't eat straight away, but like that week. Yeah, no, I do, I do. I, you know, all the sweet stuff, and yeah, you know, and I've talked to other people that, you know, vegans, if you want to call them plant-based people. Yeah, and it's the it's the time of the year they go off their plant-based stuff. They just eat whatever they can. Yeah, you know, they forget about the plant-based stuff and just. They eat what they want. Yeah. That it's the body crying out for some nutrition, I reckon. Yeah. Um, I, I know me personally, I, after Tokyo, I, I crave KFC. So I, walked, so, so I walked 8K to get it. <laughs> I, I just, yeah, I was just craving it and it was so good. It was probably the best KFC I've ever had. Yep. Yep. Uh, there's a lot yeah. of people like that. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? It is. Yeah. And your and you you touched on your training block. What what's your your furthest run you'd go? Say if you had a hundred mile event coming up, probably fifty k's. Yeah, for me, fifty k's is a long way on the trails. You know, that's probably it could be eight hours, depending on where you go. Yeah. So and I you know I'm too slow, you know, so and. My tr long runs are more about time on my feet than anything, more than the kilometres. Yeah. 
you know, it just it seems to work for me and and we're pretty limited around here. We don't have the mountains like they do on the mainland. So, because I went and did um, Buller to Bright, Mount Buller to Bright in the Victorian high country. Yeah. And I, I didn't even and I didn't even make it to the first aid station, first cut off checkpoint because I was too slow. Yeah. And, and it's just the mountain stuff. And yeah. um, you've got to train on that stuff to be any good at it. There's yeah. a different base. I know. I know that area really well just because the Falls Creek it goes up yep. and down. Yep. And, yep. Yeah. It's thick terrain too. Yep. And when I went and did that, you know, I pulled out before the the first checkpoint because I wasn't going to make it. And I pulled out with another guy and he was in the same boat. He just decided that he wasn't going to make the time cut off. And, um, and I did the same. I thought, ah, oh, bugger it. I'll just wait with you and get a lift back. Yeah. You know, I hadn't even done 30 Ks probably. Yeah. You know, it was early in the thing, but they had such tight checkpoint, tight times. Yeah. And it was a lot rugged than I'd ever expected. Yeah. Was that a safety thing too? They they wanted people in and out at a certain time or? Yeah, I think so. They wanted them in a certain area. And they were sending us text messages because it was, the weather wasn't that crash hot. You know, if you're up on top of Mount such and such, um, chuck your poles away and get down as quick as you can because of lightning and stuff like that. It was, you know, extremely well run, but it was just, I've still got the text messages on my phone somewhere, but, you know, thinking, <laughs> what? <laughs> I wasn't getting down off a no mountain. I was struggling to get up the damn thing. God. <laughs> um, and, and so, do you have plans to, to go overseas and do some of the long ones? Um, not really, because there's so many we've got in Australia. Yeah. You know, there's some of them ones in the States that I'd like to do, um, you know, but they're so hard to get into. And it's, yeah. you know, it costs you $10,000 almost to yeah, well. go over and do a run and come back. As you know yourself, I don't know what it costs you to go to when you yeah. went away. Yeah, well, Chicago was expensive, but it's only a pay for, I guess, five grand upwards and I booked months and months in advance, so... Yep, it's yeah. that. It's so expensive. So, yeah. and we have lots of races in Australia. You know, we have some of the toughest races in Australia now. The Buller de Bright, you know, had ten thousand meters of climbing, yes. and it wasn't quite. It was the toughest. It was in the toughest race in the Southern Hemisphere, or something like that. You know, with the most climbing in it. So they decided the next year or the two years later, they reversed it and then added an extra thousand metres of climb and just, you know, just, you know, promoters, you know, they, just because they can. Yeah. Oh, unreal. Yeah. Wow. Um, so you've, what appreciable CT races have you won? Um, oh, the Stanley race. Yeah, okay. I think I've won a 5K at Somerset, but it's the Stanley race I've won. Um, yeah, I've, Dad's won it. I've won it. My sister's won it. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, it's that one. Yeah. And did you want to tell the listeners why that's so special to your family as well? Um, I think Dad won it in the 80s. I can't remember what year. Or if it was the same year he won the marathon with the Cross Country Club. Um, yeah, he, he went and run it and won it in the 80s. And um, could have been 84. But anyway, and it was one of them races that it was an all-day event back in the day. Um, and then they named it after Dad after he died. Uh, and then my sister won it, thinking, what the hell? What's that about? And, yeah. <laughs> and then the opportunity came up for me. It, I wasn't even going down. I'd already rang Mum and said, I'm not coming down to Stanley to run. You know, a fortnight before or something. And then I ran at Devonport. And I ran... And they must have moved me or someone had moved me or done something and I'd finished in the top three or four. And then I thought, oh, crap. I have to run at Stanley now. I won't have a choice. But, and it's just a family thing. Yeah. And it's got his name in title on it as well, hasn't it? There's a trophy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah is I think mum used to sponsor it somehow or other when they, and I can't remember how it all started, but... Um, Mum used to provide a trophy and over the years, I don't know how many years she did that, a long while. And then yeah. now you, we ch chuck in a bit of money as well. Yeah. No, that's really special to have something for your family, especially, mate. To, yeah, you know, yeah. it's just one of them. And back in the day, you would have loved it back then. They used to spend all day there and they used <laughs> to hop in their cars and <laughs> drive home, <laughs> smashed. <laughs> Awesome. Sounds great. <laughs> and it's and it's one of those uh, really hard runs as well. Did you want to explain the course for anyone who doesn't realise how tough it is? Yeah. Um, in the first year, they used, to, they, they used to start the first couple of years. They used to start out at the lookout as you drive into Stanley. And they used to go up around the Green Hills. But now they've moved it to the football ground. You used to just come wind your way out of the Stanley up over the Green Hill, which is gorgeous up there on a nice day with no wind, which doesn't happen very often. No. <laughs> back around the back of Highfield and down through the town and weave your way into um, the footy ground again. Yeah. And it's, it's just a pretty event because I've seen some photos recently on the PCCT site of people running around one of the corners, Yakka or someone might have took them. And there's some magnificent photos of people up around the Green Hills of Stanley running. Yeah. The one that uh, stands out for me is the Ron Checker one, I think. Where you got yeah. it. That's just so beautiful. Yeah, I think it's Ron Checker and Barry Ling or someone like that. I think, um, yeah. You know, Ron Checker passed away not so long ago and it was just a great photo and it and it's got Barry in it as well. So, you know, it's just yeah. Yeah. Great photo. No, that's great. And have you won any other races or has it just been the standing ones? Yeah, I won a five K at Somerset, but you know, it's one of them ones that early in the season. Yeah. You know, the backies and the middle markers or whatever are pushing you along. <laughs> yeah. They're probably all lined up behind you. 
Um, yeah, you know, someone's someone's got to win it, but you yeah. know, so you just take it and yeah. But that was a long time ago. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. And what would you say your biggest running achievements? Uh, would it be some of those longer events? Probably Yu Yang's my first hundred miler. Um, is probably my most far as distance wise goes. You know, it was always going to finish it. You know, I got in. I think it was a thirty-hour time limit. I don't know how long it took me, 28 or 29 or something like that. But that was probably one of my biggest accomplishments. And get a buckle, you know. It was all about getting a buckle. It, was, right. it wasn't about the distance or anything like that because buckles are hard to get. Well, they used to be. Um, there's not many races you get a buckle and it was all about getting a buckle And for me. But... Yeah, I've done a lot of local ones. Bruny Island, love Bruny Island. Yeah. And I, and I think it's more about the teams that are racing on the side of the road. There's so many people and they dress up and yeah, you know, it's just a party event, really. Yeah, <laughs> I love to dress up, mate. I, I think I'd love that race. <laughs> You'd fit right in. Yeah, great. <laughs> 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 um, so you. Do you have plans to do Bruni this year, though? Or well, I suppose we don't even know what's going on, do we? Yeah, no, it's scheduled. It's yeah. I've got a I've got a list of races somewhere. I write them down somewhere. Um, I can't find it now, but um, the, all the races that are coming up, and I've we've pretty well ended them all. And the first one is the Rail Trial at Scottsdale. Okay. And that's on thirteenth of September. Because we don't have much of a choice at the moment, I've just ended them all. Yeah. And Freysenay, that's on the 20th, the week after. Um, and then there's what? Ross Marathon, Bruny Island, Lonnie 10. Yeah, cool. On the 13th. So there's a bit yeah. of a schedule happening. No, that's good. You need goals, though, don't you? Missed it. Missed yeah. it. Something shocking. Yeah, same. I mean, I'm not running at the moment, but I just miss the people. I'm um, I'm turning up to run club and walking just just because of people. That's what I miss. Like, for me, it's more for the people now, I think. Yep, yep. Yeah. And we have our soulmates groups here, the couple of groups that we made a couple of nights a week, and I think we miss that. You know, it's probably only our, our biggest social outing of the weeks. <laughs> is going to the running the running group, and because um, we're not social butterflies as such, so we don't socialise that much except for you know the family stuff. So yeah, we missed it during the lockdown stuff. Yeah, and have you done Fraser A before? Because that's a beautiful course. Yeah, I usually I usually do the long course, twenty nine k's or something. Yeah. Okay. Um, usually go up of a Friday night and run it of a Saturday just to turn the legs over, go and do twenty nine k's around the course, and then nine two. I've, I've done that once, <laughs> and then back up again on the Sunday and run it again. But wow. this year I've gone and got soft or something, and I'm only doing the eleven. Yeah, that's alright though. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> different. 
Just a loop? That's just the one loop, isn't it? Yeah, you turn yeah. off at Winegrass Bay. Yeah, beautiful. And cut the circuit in half almost and, yeah, it's a good little short uphill, flat top, run yeah. along the beach, then a bit of trolley stuff at the end. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. Have you done the Fraser Lake Challenge before? No. Yeah. No. I really enjoyed that. that, that I just like the team that atmosphere because running so individual. And it's and it's that stuff, and that's why I think Bruny Island's so popular, and it's been going for so long. It's the team stuff that seems to be that gets all the people there. I don't know how many do the long run, but. There's a lot of teams that run a pruny. Yeah. And a bit like going nuts as well, you know. That's pretty popular or it's getting popular for the teams. Yeah. There's a lot of teams that run in that now. There's a lot of international runners now too. I noticed the winner wasn't even from, was he French or something? He's come over twice yeah. now. Yeah, there's a few of them fly yeah. in, fly out. Let's go and yeah. smash the Tasmanians. speaks <laughs> like worlds. Like if they're coming that far, like they must think it's pretty special terrain. Yeah, and they do that. They just, you know, I've been to lots of events where they just hop off the plane, do an event, and then hop back on the plane, and away they go again. Yeah, I mean, uh, what's it called? Uh, Convicts and Winches. You've done that event, I think. I loved it. I'm a trial runner. I loved it. And um, yeah, it was a girl from the States. She popped over to do the event, did the 50 gays. You know, she walked from, I don't know where she walked or rode a bike, but hopped off the plane, rode a bike to the event, ran the event, rode a bike back to the plane and headed back to the States again. You know, there's just some amazing people out there. Yeah. Oh, just, I mean, just to fly 24 hours and do that. That's crazy. Yep. Yeah, yep. must love yep. their sport. <laughs> yep, and they travel. Some of them just travel all over the world. No, well, that's the thing. You can go to a race every weekend. We can't now, but be used to. You could just follow the circuit. Yep, and yeah. that's what they do. Some yep. of the yeah, amazing. And what does Shane's life look like when he's not running? Yeah, we talked about that the other night, thinking. I don't know. For the last 10 years, I reckon all I've done is run. So, except when you're injured, which doesn't seem to happen to me very often, that my injuries happen when I get to 140 k's a week and then I don't do them 1% things. Yeah. Um, but I've had breaks in between, but they haven't been long. They've only been a month or, and I've still run. But yeah. We get more stuff done around home, probably. Yeah. Um, and Leanne said I get grumpy if I don't run. Yeah. So, or grumpier. <laughs> oh, it's just good for your mental health, isn't it? Yeah, and it's that stuff. And, and yeah. sometimes when I run with Leanne, you know, we'll run together after she's knocked off work and we'll get to six or seven Ks running with Leanne and... She hasn't shut up the whole way. <laughs> and she unloads all this stuff. And then she goes, oh, we're at six or seven Ks. And wow, I didn't, geez, that was quick. 
then we turn around and run back. Yeah. <laughs> so it's good for her mental health as well. Yeah, yeah. She's got a pretty stressful job though, hasn't she? So it's good to... Yeah, at times, yeah. 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 And yeah. you guys mentioned that you guys like to do the the, the pub mates as well after the yeah. run. Yeah. On Friday night, we've got a good little group that we go to Yachty's in Burnie. Um, we've got a permanent book in there now. Because they wouldn't let us in one night because they had more than 40 people in there or something. Right. You know, the world's changed. Yeah. So we have, we've, we've made a permanent booking and, yeah, it's our social life, really. Yeah. You know, we've got a good little group and we're, hopefully we get a few more people along. Yeah. Not too many more, but just a few more just to, you know, if we have a couple of families that... Um, don't turn up we don't have much of a group so yeah we need a few more people yeah and you still go regardless is it just it's just become a ritual now yep friday night you know go down there have some chips and have a drink and after we run yeah we have talked about doing it before we run yeah <laughs> it'll depend on the weather i reckon if it's not open, you can always have Maccas, mate. It's all right. Yeah, and, you know, Domino's deliver out to there, so, you know, it's all good. Yeah, <laughs> cool, cool. And uh, what's Leanne got coming up, mate? She got the same races as you, or? Yeah, I think she's she's entered Frasenay, and she'll enter all of them. Ross, half marathon, she'll do that. Trundle around there and... Try and break a PB, do a PB, I reckon. Um, but, yeah, pretty well all of them except Bruni. She won't do Bruni. She'll just come down and annoy me for 60Ks. Yeah. <laughs> and so you're going to do the whole the whole thing at Bruni? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just, you know, there's a time I want to beat. And, I've, you know, it's, I'd like to get down to six and a half hours, but, you know. I don't know whether I'll get there this year because I haven't done enough running yeah. or racing or whatever you call it, that harder stuff. Yeah, and it does matter. It really does. Like, Yeah, you need a hard hit out. Um, yep. I've even been, you know, I've talked to Sandy a few weeks ago and I was going to run with her, thought once a week because, you know, she's good value and she makes me work harder because she runs off of me all the time. I can't keep up with her, but um, but she's had an injury, so I haven't even been able to do that. So yeah, hopefully in the next week so I'll catch up with her and do a couple of runs. And I've noticed the one thing with her. I actually chatted about it with Brendan Smart, like how much she's improved last season, and it's yep. just that mileage over the winter. And she's doing the same thing this winter as well, which is yeah. great. Yeah, well she's. She come a cropper this year and rolled her ankle or something, and she ended up with concussion or something out of it as well. So she's, you know, hasn't been running or not doing much. So hopefully she'll be all good to go for the summer again. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. And no, that's great. She, she smashed it last year. Oh, she really, the carnival was from four up to nearly a mile, I think. Yeah, you know, she was, you know, and she's, you know. If Two, mate. She's a me role model, I reckon. Yeah. You yeah. know, she, 
yeah. does all the right things. Yeah. You know, trains hard, does all the right things, eats good. And, yeah, you know. People all they can do to do well, don't they? To do yep. all the percenters. Yep. And I like run them with, with West Park because, you know, we might do an 800 or something like that or even at Penguin. Um, and, you know. I have half a lap head start. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and some of the, especially when you're at Penguin, that some of the boys get a bit excited. Oh, it's handicapped. Yeah. <laughs> you know, whatever they're doing, they stop doing it and watch Sandy just eat me up. Yeah. <laughs> but it's all about, you know, I think it's all about me, but it's really all about Sandy. It yeah. makes it work that much harder when she went on 200 metres ahead of her, over yeah. 800 or something. <laughs> Sounds like you'd be a good rabbit for it, mate. <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah. That's that stuff. Yeah, it's cool. Fun. I'm really looking forward to see how she goes this year if she can get her injury right by the sound of it. Um, I reckon another season she'll be she'll be flying again. Yeah, yeah. Maybe she might step it up and do a few longer ones, but yeah, well, I'd like to see that too because she's got a good build there, isn't she? Nice yeah. compared. Uh, yeah. 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 I don't know whether she thinks that. I think she still thinks she's a sprinter. Yeah, no, no, I reckon she's got more uh, room with the distance, mate. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. And so we talked about some of your longer races you've done. What are some marathons that you've done? Um, I've only ever done local ones, you know. My first marathon was the PCCT. And in the early days, I didn't know what I was getting myself into. The days when it used to run out through fourth out toward out along the Wilmot Road or whatever it was called and out and back. Is it three laps or something? No, it was only the one lap. Yeah. You know, it was in the days when I don't know, there was a lot of people that used to run the, the marathon but used to pull out at halfway and um you know there'd be probably only six people running it in the end but there were might have been 20 or 30 starters, but 90% of them just were doing the half. They just pull out and hop in their cars and go home. <laughs> or you'd be running with someone, thinking, oh, this is pretty good. I'm running really well. And then they'd hop in their car and go home. Thinking, what the hell is this about? Then you'd be wrecked for the rest of it. Anyway. I've got a funny story like that. It's actually not funny. But I was doing a training run, one foot race one day. And I, it wasn't engine the first race. I was pretty dumb, actually. And I flew past all these people when they thought I was entered. All these people were getting worried. And they're like, oh, geez, he caught me quick. Well, I think I got in a bit of trouble after that. So I didn't do it ever again. It was like that. And that's what it was exactly like, you know. Yeah. They knew they were only running half. And you mightn't have known that because unless you've been talking to them. You're chasing them along the road and then you get to the halfway mark and they stop. Yeah. Thinking. There's nothing worse too, is it? Like you're getting your head out, right? I've got a mate here. This is good. Yeah. Yeah. And it gives you, you know, that rabbit you're chasing or whatever. But anyway, but that was, you know, my first marathons were shockers. And they were only club ones, but, you know, Leanne was trying to get me in the car and all kinds of things like that. But, you know. You think you know it all when you first start running. Yeah. You know, 
I've, even though I've been around running all my life, um, I still, I didn't take much notice, you know, just because Dad was up at five o'clock in the morning going for a run. But yeah. Dad used to get up a lot at five o'clock of, of the morning and I never took actual notice till I got older and realised, ah, now I understand. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. It sounds like it was just something that he did as well. And it's... Yeah, and you could tell when he was training for an event, like a marathon or the feature race or whatever, he is training, his training load doubled, you know, instead of just running once a day, he'd run twice a day before work and after work and spend an hour in the shed on the bag and skipping and doing all kinds of stuff. And Yeah. But, you know, that's what they used to do. Oh, the extra mileage. Um, I know for me, I'm a bigger mileage runner. That's when I run well. Um, yeah. And those extra runs are everything. Just yeah. feel so strong. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I was talking to Spinksy one day about that, the year Dad won the feature race. And the week before the feature race, Spinksy, Dad used to get to the runs really early. And um, Spinksy was telling me that um, he walked up from behind him and Dad was sitting in the car drinking a long neck um, on a Sunday morning before he ran. And it was so, and it was a week before the feature race, you see. Yeah. And it was his way of running badly. So he drank a, wrong, a long neck before he ran. Really? As you do. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, it wasn't a non-penalty race or something like that. And then the next week, he won the feature race. Yeah. And was that something really special to to watch? Or were you competing as well? I wasn't competing back then. I was only a kid. And yeah. I saw, and I didn't realise at the time how important it was. You know, mm. Dad just won a race and blah, blah, blah. And yeah. You know, it was pretty exciting at the time, but overall it was just, I don't know, I got so used to him running and stuff, it was just what he did. Yeah. Yeah, but I appreciate it now, thinking, oh, how cool is that? Yeah. Oh, it's awesome because you can look at his name in the book or on the yeah. class. And yeah. 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 That's really something to have a really lovely memory as well. Yeah. He, yeah, him sitting in a car having a long neck. <laughs> You know what? It's not the first time I've heard this story <laughs> with the Pre-Triple CT Club. Like, <laughs> you run <is> doing this. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> you know. And, you know, I suppose that's how it was. I suppose it happens, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, you know. Whatever works, I suppose. I don't think I've ever had a long neck in the car, but I'm pretty sure I've finished drinking very early and gone to Pre-Triple CT before. Yeah, yeah I can remember that. You know, yeah, always after a run. <laughs> that's about you know, I should put a book out. I reckon there'd be yeah. some good stories over the years. I reckon, oh, it's a great idea. I reckon that's a, I reckon that's a fantastic idea. That's that's something that, that the club should do before these old guys fall off the perch. Because yeah. you know, once they fall off the perch, all these stories will just disappear. Yeah, um, you and I know some brilliant ones. I, I could probably go. Yeah. I could probably go all day, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, have you faced any hurdles in your life, mate? Um, not really. Probably when 
you know, I separated from my first wife a long time ago. Um, and it was more not so much about the separating from her. It was probably uh, not seeing the kids. I had two boys and it was probably not seeing them more than anything. Because, um, you know, I lived at Campbelltown at that stage. And, um, yeah, and they moved back to the northwest coast. So, you know, it was probably that. Yeah. yeah. It was probably just missing the boys, I reckon. Yeah, that's really tough as well. You know, and, you know, I was pretty lucky that um, I had good people around me, good little community. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I was pretty lucky. Yeah. So it wasn't too bad in the end. Yeah. And did you find that it was a running community again that you lent on during that time? Back, back then, I didn't run. You know, yeah. I, I ran... An, in the 80s for a little while and then I just went a whole different direction give up run didn't run at all and um rode horses and yeah, really? used, used to have a couple of endurance horses um did a few endurance races you know which is silly now thinking about it but used to hop off the horse to save the horse and run beside the horse yeah, right. <laughs> really. So the horse, so to keep the horse's heart rate down. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. Like, and um, which is funny now thinking, oh, maybe I should have kept doing that. Yeah. But um, I could be still running beside the horse. <laughs> um. Yeah. So I, and then it wasn't until later on in life when I moved to Burnie that I got back into running properly. Yep. Yeah, fair dinkum properly. You call that every day and blah blah blah. Umpiring. Yeah, I slowly progressed into umpiring just to because I was getting fatter. And you know, and how many people have done that? They get to a stage in their life and go, "I need to do something," and away they go. Next minute, they've been running for thirty years. Yeah, it's usually a big catalyst. Um, I don't know, like you hear so many people just to. Uh, the the what's it called park run and people talking about having a heart attack or yep. or something's going on in their life and they need the doctor said you need to run or do yep. some sort of exercise and running's one of the best things you can do. Yep. You know and I and I have um different thoughts on that because um of dad. Um you know he was fit and he he smoked at some stages or other. But a lot of them did um, drank, probably not the healthiest lifestyle, but was fit and healthy. What I thought was fit and healthy, but still had a heart attack and died. And, you know, so you never know. You never know when your number's up anyway. Yeah, it's really, it's really tough. I know my dad's brother, he was the same, just playing cricket, dropped dead. So it's... You just you just never know, do you? And he yeah. was just, I mean, he drank and he smoked, but he led a fit life. Uh, it's, yep. Yeah, it's yeah. A, it was a, just a different era, I think. Everybody used to drink and smoke and do something. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and you probably know, Dad died at the Alveston Athletics track at a Masters event. So is that, he went and done a couple of warm-up laps and it was a, Penguin athletic track and 
he must have felt unwell or something like that and then just collapsed and they couldn't get him back. So he died running. So, yeah. and I looked at your question, you had a question there for me about are you going to run till you die? And I thought about it a bit and I think, oh, I hope not. But yeah. I don't want to end up like him. Yeah. I don't want to go to an event and yeah. do what he did. Do you, do you think that's nice that he did something he loved doing though? Yeah. And it, was, it was back in the day. They must have used to have had a Masters along the coast at Penguin. Okay. And, you know, when you interviewed Viv the other week, I was listening to that and thinking, you know, they had a lot of runners at one stage or other and along the coast and, you know, like he said, it was a good era. Yeah. It'd be good to get that back again. Yeah, it would be. Um, it's more recreational runners, which is great. Um, but we're slowly building in Devonport. It'd be nice if Bernie had a few more group runs going on. And they have a few groups, but... Uh, you know, none of the groups mingle at all. Yeah. You know, um, I don't know what, what it is. They just won't. I don't know. I'm not sure how it all works, but. Yeah. Know, they stay in their own little group, and but no one will swap or change or there's lots of people running, but. And a lot of people don't fit into the times. Just because we meet at six o'clock doesn't suit everybody. And it's probably that. Yeah. It's work too. Like work lifestyle, there's so much long hours these days and work just isn't nine to five. It's all yeah. different hours and different and jobs. And I remember as a kid even, I used to see Barry Ling. He'd be in Smithton. I don't know when he used to train, but he'd be at Smithton at night. It'd be dark. And he'd be still in Smithton changing log truck tyres. Yeah. You know, six or seven o'clock at night. And I think, looking back now, I think, when did he train? You know, did he get up really early in the morning and run? But Or did he stop on the way home and go for a run? I don't know how some of them people, you know, using him as an example, but how they used to do it. Yeah, I don't know. Probably, probably middle of the day even. Or he could have been a Mike McKenna and train at two in the morning so no one knew he was training. Yeah, well, yep. Football jumper, Bernie pulled down over. <laughs> it's a brilliant story, isn't it? Yep, yep. Yeah. <laughs> and he still does it. Well, I haven't seen him for a while, but I've run into him in Bernie. There's a yeah. track that runs through Bernie, up the middle of Bernie, and, and I've run into Mike McKenna. Football jumper, Bernie. <laughs> so good. Uh, things, you know, some things never die. No. And you need characters like that, though. Like, he's he's given so much to the sport as well, and, and we're so lucky to have people like him. Yeah, and he's coached so many kids. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I presume he's still coaching, but, you know, he has, he's had a lot of kids over the years. Yeah. Whatever they go on to, it might be running, they go on to, but... But some of them come back to it. Yeah. It's that skill set he teaches, I think, as well. Discipline and getting yep. out, consistently yep. working hard, and this is what can happen. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah. No, we've, we've been really lucky with the people we have around us on yeah. the coast. Um, 
Oh, I'm really enjoying the fact that Leon Saltmarsh is coaching now. I think um, that's another one I think of and who yeah. can really pass on some wisdom. Yeah, well, it's a bit like John. John's not going to be around forever. No, no, yeah. and you need people. Like, we're going to need coaches. Yeah, we need, yeah. you know, people like you and, you know, especially if you've got a passion for it, enjoy it. Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's a different kind of high. That's what I found. It's not the same as a race, but it's just as good. Yep. Yeah. And I, I don't know how long, like, John, because he's, he's been maybe 40 years, I reckon. Yeah. Yeah, it's a long time. It's a big commitment, you know, to be able to do that stuff. It is, yeah. And I don't know how many hours he spent. You know, I only, you know, they try, some of the sprinters train over the winter time. And I don't see any of that stuff. But, yeah. You know, they, they do, they meet up during the week and do stuff. And, you know, it's very time consuming. Yeah, it is. You've really got to love, love what you do, I guess. Um, and some days are shit. Like, <laughs> they suck you. Have a train run that's pretty bad and you go, oh, oh, you put it in perspective. Well, it's not my life, but it's at that time it feels like it's your life. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. You know? <laughs> some, yeah. Some days I think I should have just gone straight back to bed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've definitely been there. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so you've been running a long time. What's one piece of advice that you'd give a newbie runner or even a runner who's been at it for quite a while? Or well, a runner that's been at it for a while that have been running on their own, probably get a coach. I reckon they're the best thing ever. Yeah. And there's a few kicking around, you know. There are online ones, you know. And everybody, a lot of people just <laughs> Google a training plan and away they go. Yeah. And I don't think they're the bee's knees at all. I, I think you need someone from outside. Yeah. You know, John doesn't set me Pacific stuff for me. You know, he sets it for Sandy, really, and then we adjust it to suit me. Um. But, yeah, get a coach. You know, a coach is everything, I reckon. It's, you know. And so far, I reckon I've been lucky because it doesn't cost me much because John's waiting for my next big win, whatever yeah. that is. <laughs> and and he just, he just, you know, I come, I don't know, third at Richmond Carnival once. Hobart Carnival, whichever one it was anyway. And... No, I think I owed him $7 or something, 20% of whatever yeah. it was. He just, I turned up with his $7 at training and he just laughed at me and patted me on the shoulder and said, well, wait till you get a big one. <laughs> so I've been pretty lucky. It hasn't really cost me much. That's a really good tip though. Uh, get, getting a coach makes you accountable. Uh, they can give you feedback. Um, just put things into perspective. I know when I was coached by Mick, sometimes I was a bit down and he'd tell me, well, this is why he didn't do this, this or this, or he did too much of this. So it's, I think feedback's the biggest thing. Yeah. And I, I used to, I remember one Christmas, yeah, one Christmas, Christmas day when Brody and Day 
were running the carnivals. You know, they were supposed to go out Christmas Day. They didn't have much to do. They only had to go out and do 20 minutes. And um, they never did it. They never went and did it. And, and they must have run the next day or the day after or something like that. And John could tell straight away yeah. that they didn't run on Christmas Day. And, yeah. you know, and it, they, he could tell by just looking at them, the way they ran yeah. that race or whatever it was. You know, it might have been Devonport and Brody ran second or third in the 800 metres or something like that. But if he'd gone out on the, the day before or whatever it was and run like he was supposed to, get the rubbish out of your legs or whatever, turn them over, yeah. he would have ran a lot better on the, when he actually raced. But, yeah, yeah, it's a oh, I reckon the shakeout is important. I actually go the morning of a run myself. Um, yep. only a couple of k because I because yep. my legs feel like crap. So yep. yeah, and when you're a high volume runner, yeah, what do well, you do? Oh, well, you just run, don't you? Well, you're so used to it that even a fraction, a little bit less, you're gonna feel awesome. Yep, you just go out and turn the legs over, and what you know, what yeah. are you gonna do all day? No, that's it, yeah. Oh, it just calms the nerves, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just go out for a bit of a jog and then you away you go. Set you up. Yeah. And do you see yourself coaching in the future? Is that something that you'd like to? Yeah, but not at your level. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, oh, I'd like to do something, but I don't know what. But, you know, because yeah. I get it. It amuses me. There's people kicking around that will ask twenty people what they should be doing, and twenty people will give you twenty different answers. Yeah. And you know, and I'm all people. There's people that are running that are run that follow other people, but not necessarily doing the right things, and they get injured and stuff like that. They build up too quick. They don't have a base. Um, you know, they're new to running. They've run for 12 months. Righto, let's go and do a marathon. The next thing, what happens? They break them down and oh, me, they, me running's over. Yeah. So they retire because they've got injured. And so I'd like to people to stop doing that kind of stuff, but I don't know how yeah. you do that. Um, that's a really good. That's a really good point. Uh, I don't think Strava helps that because people see this stuff and they go, oh, he's, everyone's running marathons. I need to run a marathon. But they didn't see the 10 years before that or the work that was put in. Yeah. yeah. I that. think people just step it up too quick. Yeah. Yeah. Not like uh, the olden days where they there weren't all these races around and you couldn't just jet around the country, the world. But nowadays you can just go anywhere you like and you know, yeah. you can just take off and run a marathon in Melbourne or Gold Coast or on a few weeks training and wonder why you go so shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's a pressure. It's a it's a social media pressure thing too. I'm bomb positive of it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I really liked how you touched on uh like sticking to one program and putting your trust into that program and the coach, if you have yeah. a coach and not diverting off anything else, putting hundred percent trust, because if you do, 
most of the time you will get the rewards. Yep, and you know, and it's got to be someone you can go and talk to if you want to, whether it's ring on the phone, email, whatever. Um, you've got to be able to touch base with them occasionally. It doesn't have to be all the time, but you know, sometimes I don't talk to John for six months. Yeah, I just get the program and that's it. But other times, you can always catch up for a chat, whether you feel shit, you're running shit. Yeah. whatever's going on or life things, anything, you know, and it's good. You can, you know, it's good to talk to someone sometimes. It is. Yeah. Even if they listen, they don't have to talk back. They can just yeah. listen. And, you know, I, you know, I talk about John a bit because, you know, we've had him in our lives for, as a coach for 10 years or something. So, you know, and he's always comes up with the right things at the right time and stuff yeah. like that. So, yeah, for my version of that to be Gunson, I always go back to him. I'm not under him, I've been under him for a decade, but he's always yeah. someone I will, will talk to about running and racing. Yeah. And um, yeah. we'll, we'll have like the relationships the day he dies, I suppose. Well, I hope anyway. Yep, yep, yeah. And it's that stuff, you know, it's good, you know. And I've been we've been really lucky with John because he coached the two boys, and now he kind of coaches me as well. Yeah. Did you want to quickly touch on the two boys? I wish they were still running. Yeah, the lazy buggers. <laughs> they had a lot of talent. They had more ability than the, most people. Yeah. And they still have. Occasionally they go out and do a park run and just uh, smash their what, brother-in-law, I suppose. Yeah. You know, he runs about 20 minutes for a park run, 21 or something like that. And they turn up and have him run for 12 months and they just <laughs> mash him to bits. Yeah. <laughs> Which is funny. Yeah. <laughs> but they're not too good the next day. No, no. Yeah. But, you know, yeah, they had all that ability and never run much. And, you know, I think their mum's a bit sad about that at some times. But, yeah. You know, especially Brody. Brody stuck at it a bit more longer than Day, but, you know, he'd. You just, you know, it's just life gets in the roads. They're still very young, though. It's not too late. They can always go back to it. So Yeah, and it's that. They still might. But yeah, I, you know, yeah. They, they still might go back to it. But, you know, it would have been nice to keep them ticking over. Yeah, that that important time to build the base, as you mentioned. Or, um, and we used to love going to the carnivals and watching them run. And yeah. also people they were with, you know. But we used to, pre, you know, you'd see them walking across the ground. There'd be you sometimes when you were running or not running. Um, Clappy. Oh, yeah, legend is. Troy Atkins. Yeah. Um, Routon Rocket. Um, Jared Leary. Yeah. Larry, and, sorry. Yep. Yeah. yeah. You know, and they used to hang around in that group because... Some of them were trained by John, I think, at that stage still. And, you know, and it was good to see, you know, they were only kids and Plappy was in his 40s or I don't know how old Plappy was, old. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and Troy, <laughs> Troy's old. Yeah. <laughs> and it was just a good group. Yeah. And it was a, a good lot of heads in that group that, you know, yeah. To make you feel proud when they were out there training and warming up and running against them. And yeah, it was. 
And they were good kids too, mate. They were, you know, they were really yeah, friendly. They, and and they still are. Yeah. They still are. Yeah. Just they won't run, lazy yeah. buggers. Never know. I suppose you can't. You, you've got to have that passion. And all I hope they have it one day because they do have a lot of ability. Yeah, and you know. Yeah. You know, one plays a bit of netball, so I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> You know, so you know the fashion. Um, I think we touched on some of your role models um, over the years. Do you have any more that we haven't mentioned today? Um, I have some modern ones now. Lucy Bartholomew, yeah. Australian ultra distance goddess. Um, she's only twenty something. Um, and um, I have a few guys that I ran with in Queensland that Karen Douglas, uh, Sam Ware, ultra mad people that run ultra stupid distances and do lots of stupid other things, row across the world in a rowing boat and, you know, yeah. run from one end of an island to another, PG or somewhere. Yeah, you know. And a lot of these people have come come from, or Karen Douglas, he's come from a background where he didn't have a very good life as a child, you know, and um, I follow him a bit because I spend a bit of time with him on the trails in Gold Coast talking and... Um, Yeah, there's a few guys I kick around with that I still keep in contact with, that mainly on Facebook, but, you know, that I like and follow a bit. Right. Especially Perfect. him. Yeah. No, we need. We all need role models. We need someone to uh, aspire to or, or look up to and go, especially if they had challenges in your life, like you said. Yep. yep. Yeah. Makes them all real, doesn't it? Yeah, and we do a bit. We haven't done anything for a while, but we do some just like Jack stuff. You know, I've yeah. done a few runs where we've um, pushed some of the kids in the wheelchairs, the racing yeah. chairs. I don't know what they call them. Yeah. So yeah, great. Yeah. yeah. It's been a bit of fun. and That's a really nice thing to do, though, as well. And I see Gosso's got into it a bit, so he's been doing some. Yeah. So, and it's good fun. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm. And you've made his day too, I reckon. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The only problem is the Gossos push the same one, same push Rowan, I think his name was. And I've pushed Rowan, but now Gossos pushed him and I'll never get to push Rowan again because I'm too slow. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, Gosso will be the one that'll... <laughs> I have to keep pushing him now, I reckon. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's, that's, how I got the, that's how I got the Guernsey because um, Rowan's parents were too slow. Yeah. <laughs> parents pushing him, so he was happy oh. to go faster. So, <laughs> oh, God. Good for them. <laughs> um, what are some values, mate, closing out today that you like to live by in your life? Um, oh, gee, 
my biggest, I'd like to be, when I go to these, some of these ultra runs on the mainland, I'm the, I don't know what happens to me, but I change. I'm the best person. I'm the nicest, best, easy to get along with person in the world. And I'd like to be like that all the time. But I don't know how, you know, for some reason I can't do that. But when I go away, I don't know if it flicks a switch. And I don't know whether it's because I meet these people that, that do that. You know, these inspiring people and they make me feel good or whatever happens. But, but I don't really have, I don't have a, what do you call it, a mantra or anything like that as such. But I'd like to be that person that's always, yeah, when I go away, it's just run with these people and you chat to them and yeah I'm the best person then yeah then I'll come back to earth and back to the local scene and jump the old man probably an AC mate it's alright <laughs> is it oh bugger I might get worse then but as humans we, we grow anyway and if you're aware of it it's something you can change it's never too late yeah. and it's that and it's that stuff yeah. Oh, look, mate, I'm not the perfect human. I know I have a shit side, but uh, yeah. at least I'm aware of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, ladies and gentlemen, Shane Hanson. I've been Brian Lyons, and this is the Everyday Lions podcast. Thanks, Shane. Thank you. Cheers, Bye. Mate. Awesome. Listeners, that was Shane Hansen. I think you'd agree that he's a really funny guy. I wish Shane all the best in his future races that he chooses to do. And if you did like this podcast, please reach out to Shane because he loves his running and I know that he would think that that's pretty cool. Also, Everyday Lions has 8-week, 12-week and 16-week programs available at very reasonable prices. Until next time, I've been your host, Brian Lyons. And this is the Everyday Lions podcast. Happy running.